Hi, friends. I know with staying at home and being a little bit cooped up can be a bit of a challenge these days. I encourage you to go outside, get some sunshine. Even if it's cold, bundle up. A little sun on your face can make a big difference on a gloomy day and help break up the routine of this quarantine time. If you are enjoying the show, I hope you'll share it with your friends. This would be a great time to get somebody else hooked on the Epic Mom podcast, and I would love to have as many friends join us as possible. Hope you have an epic day. Welcome to the Epic Mom podcast. I'm your host, Carol Walker. Each week, I get to talk to amazing women about their epic adventures in motherhood. I'm so glad you joined us. I hope you enjoy the show. Today on the Epic Mom podcast, I have my Jody mom as a guest. Jody married my dad about 14 years ago, 13 years ago, and she is just a gem in my life, and I love her so much. My very first memory of Jody is when um, my fifth daughter, my fifth child, had been born, and my dad came to visit, and he brought Jody. And I didn't really think much of it at the time, but it occurred to me later that he was bringing her to this family gathering so that he could get kind of my approval or my blessing um, before he asked her to marry him. They weren't engaged yet. And that was in um, July of 2007. And then they got married the following January. And she is such an amazing addition to my family. And she just makes my dad so happy. And one of my favorite things about Jody is her just zest for life. Anything fun going on, she is down to try it. She, um, you know, she's a grandma, but she's not that old of a grandma. And we took her one time on a river and she was all about getting into an inflatable kayak and having my son lead her down the river and they just had the best time. I have so many fond memories of just the zeal and zest for life that she has. And um, and that's that's what I want to be when I grow up. And I think the best way to do that is to just enjoy life right now in the moment and be be excited about trying new things and, and not be too scared of adventure to not go and try some new things. And um, I think if I can cultivate that, then I'm going to be able to continue to do that even when I get older. And that's just something I love about Jody. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jody Barrett. The Epic Mom Podcast. Today, my guest is my Jody mom. Welcome to the show, Jody. Thank you so much. I am very excited to to be involved with this. I've listened to some of the other ones you've done, and I I think this is a a, a great venture of yours. Well, thank you. So, just a little backstory. Jody is my stepmom, but I think that sounds like you know wicked stepmother, and she is anything but that. So that's why I call her my Jody mom. So. Um, so Jody, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about your family? Well, uh, where do I begin? Um, other than, <laughs> <laughs> um, how about I? Um, I was born in Cambridge, Minnesota, in 1957. It seems like centuries ago. Um, uh, grew up in a uh, a haven. It was uh, on a, a lake. Um, loved loved everything about being outdoors. 
Um, I, I could have just, yeah, 24 seven. If I, you've always close. loved being outside. always loved. Yeah. It. Just, yeah. Um, graduated from high school in Cambridge. Um, well, went to college at the university of Utah. Um, met and married, uh, John Farron in 1979, um, have had three sons and, um, in 1996, I believe, um, unfortunately, uh, John and I divorced and then I was a single mom with my three sons until 2007 when I met your dad and married. Well, we, yeah, we married in 2007. Yeah, you guys had known each other for a couple yeah. of years though, yeah? And, uh, and then um, that kind of brings us up to, to date. Uh, I'm, uh, I have worked a variety of, jobs um i when i i worked and through college at the university of utah medical center and the nutrition department um and uh, then after uh, jeremy was born I, I i quit to stay home with him and still felt like i wanted to try to contribute so i um, worked with, um, uh, took a training for H&R Block. I was trying to get that out. And um, there, uh, I took their classes to become a tax preparer. And then little did I know that that would become uh, a direction that I, and would end up career later, some 31 years of doing taxes. Um, and I've apartment, uh, managed, I've, I've delivered pizza. <laughs> I've, I've painted houses and exterior and interior. Uh, I've worked as uh, a, f a floral designer. My mom owned a flower shop when I was a little girl and got some. You've done a that. ton of jobs. Uh, excuse me. You've done a ton of jobs. Oh yeah. And so, um, and interestingly enough, my degree was in psychology. Oh, is that right? I didn't know yeah. that. So, so what do you have to do to then, so I thought you, are you, do you just do taxes or no, are you an accountant? I, like I, I'm a trained bookkeeper. I, I don't have an accounting degree. Okay. So I, but, uh, in 1992, I partnered with, uh, um, Terry Zollinger and we've created ATS accounting and tax services and that's been our um uh our, my self-employed business and we've worked with small companies small businesses for until now and still I'm still doing that but yeah so just yeah it's good so how old are your boys now you have your Jeremy will be 40 in December. Um, Justin, do the math, Jody. <laughs> 37. 
uh, well, it's be 37 in June and Joel will be 32 in May. What, what was it like to be a, a single mom? How old were the boys when you, when you became a single mom? Um, um, six, 16, 14, and seven. Wow. So suddenly you've got teenagers. Yes. And a house full of boys. So what did that, what did your days look like? And what were some of the challenges you experienced? Well, it was never a dull moment. I, I, I <laughs> loved being a mom of boys because they loved being active. They loved having a lot of fun. Um, but they also were very rambunctious. So I could never keep anything delicate or breakable around the house. Um, Cause they would just frolic. In, in their, <laughs> That's uh, a good word. It would, be, <laughs> would be just like uh, everything would be calm. And then all of a sudden a little wrestling match would start up or they chase each other around. We had a, a circle around our, our kitchen um, into the living room and they could chase each other around that and, and up and down the stairs and outside. And um, so, yes, I, we, we loved having adventures, but our days were, I was working. I had to work. Um, and so we'd get them off to school and um, they were somewhat on their own for, for if they needed to make lunches or if they needed to, um, get themselves breakfast. Uh, I, I was getting them up and that was it. And then I would get home and make dinner and crash. Um, but it was, yeah, that's a, a big job to take care of everybody and also provide the income. They were also involved being in those age groups, they were involved in activities and I wanted them to, to, to be involved and to, to help, but they, um, so I was running them to wherever, whether it be church activities or school activities or, um, just involved, uh, music and theater, uh, that Joel was involved in football. And so, yeah, it was just the, the, the craziness of everything. But um, I will tell you one of the, the some of the most difficult times uh, in those single mom years was when the boys were gone, um, whether they were off visiting their dad or they were involved with uh, summer youth activities or things like that. And I was home by myself. Oh, that yeah, was that. not fun at all. But it's part of part of the life and part of the process. Um, it is part of life. It's kind of funny because because I have, you know, I'm never alone, Jody. Right. Right. <laughs> right? So like there have been a couple of times that James has taken all the children and they've all been out of town. And I have basked in the glory of being in my home all by myself uh-huh. for more than five minutes. It does not happen very often. And it's not to say I don't just love them all, but it is kind of fantastic to be home alone for me because I don't get it. But I could see how, if it was 
a common thing like that could be very lonely no it it well just just because they were such the life justin when he was right a teenager and was he was so musical he's he's got a great voice singing voice and and he was learning to play the guitar and he'd come home and he would just sit and he would play and sing oh that's awesome so you have like background and, music and then time. yeah and then they would have friends over all the time so i was cooking and and providing t- treats for for their of teenage boys know, and uh they would go out and play yeah, ditch at funny. night in our big backyard <laughs> i credit so much to to my kids they were just so wise um even at young ages and so willing to be communicative and uh and to um they were they were sensitive to me and my situation and and we just have great conversations and and we decide to go do things and just love being with each other what do, what do you think you did that helped them to just really communicate with you? Because a lot of people, uh, moms of boys are like, oh, my boys don't talk. And for me, like my girls talk. They tell me everything. And my I just have the one son and he has always talked to me. But, um, but I hear other moms say that, you know, boys don't talk as much as girls. So what did you feel like in terms of getting your boys to just really communicate with you and, and talk? What, what tips could you give? Um. I don't, you really have to just show that you're willing to listen and, and that you're, you're engaged. Even when they get a little off on tangents or things like that, just um, allow them to talk and not interrupt and to not try to, try to over direct them or, or, um, Maybe not overreact oh. when they say something shocking. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Poker face comes in handy then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what are some of your favorite memories with your boys when they were teenagers and you guys were all just kind of taking care of each other? Oh, um, just, just the energy and the playfulness. Um, I, this probably isn't a, a favorite memory, but it is, it's one that just is indicative. Um, I had just received a, a gift from a dear friend and it was this beautiful angel. It was maybe three, four inches tall and it, it had, it was very ornate and um, I, I, I just loved it and I thought that it was such a, a dear gift and I put it on we had a shelving unit and I put it on the top shelf thinking oh, we'll be safe up there and right it, it'll be way up there yeah, no way one can up bump there it, right? taller than I am I just had to reach and put it up there but I could see it and it it wasn't 24 hours later and um there was uh, a ruckus the kids started kind of wrestling with each other and um 
and, and pushing each other around and just laughing and it was all fun and everything but then they banged into that shelf and oh, the, no. the, the angel took a little swan dive a few turns and fell onto the floor and broke <laughs> and so oh no <laughs> I just and it was it was so classic in my thought I said I just I knew I just knew I could not have anything that was this is why we can't have yeah, nice things <laughs> nice things and delicate because I am a mother of boys and and so you just have to expect the the reality of things. Um, I think part of it is to just know, know and embrace um, not only who you are, but who they are and, um, and allow them to um, uh, make their own way and just enjoy that journey. Uh, too often we, we allow yeah. our expectations to to drive us to places that really maybe are not healthy for us or others. And so yeah. we have to do a, a, a little bit of a self-evaluation and say, okay, what, what really is important? What really is the motivation and things like that? Um, yeah, I think that's important though. You have to, it's a conscious effort to monitor your expectations. Absolutely. Right. And I actually had a friend tell me once that expectations were just premeditated letdowns. And I think that's kind of like a depressing way of looking at it, except for at the same time, if you just embrace the moment with no expectation and, and meet the situation with just love and gratitude, then you don't have expectations and you're not disappointed and you just enjoy the whole journey a lot more. Don't you think? Absolutely. That is, yeah. that is spot on. Again, working the many hours that I was working, I would come home just totally exhausted. And um, I, oh, this night was no different. I came home, I sat down in my favorite chair and turned on the TV. And I was just kind of flipping the channels when Joel and his girlfriend Allie came home and we were talking and they were telling me about their evening and uh, I just had stopped with the TV and wasn't knowing what channel I was on or anything and I was kind of listening to them but I was kind of fading at the same time and as I my eyes glanced to the TV there was a scene that just set me off laughing and I could not stop I was tear the whole tearing, laughing uncontrollably <laughs> and hardly breathe type laughing. I just hit my funny bone or something. And the kids were saying, Joel said, Mom, Mom, are you okay? Are you okay? That's so funny because <laughs> they were just telling me some normal stories. And they they just weren't getting it that this was that funny. And Allie was going, Jody, are you okay? What's so what's so funny? And finally I was going, it's a it's a fish in a bikini. <laughs> I had stopped on Nickelodeon and it was SpongeBob. I've never seen SpongeBob. Oh. My kids were way too old for it. And so I I'd, I'd never seen the premise of anything and there's 
underwater there's this fish in a bikini <laughs> it just hit me it was so hilarious to see this that I just could not stop laughing so now it is a, a family joke that if we see something that is just so hilarious it's a fish bikini moment oh I love it that's a great memory I love it. <laughs> So, okay. So as a mother of boys, what, what was your greatest desire in terms of the kind of men they would turn out to be? And what did you do to ensure that in your teaching of them? I appreciate that question because I think that's the, that was the essence of the goal is to um, allow them the agency to choose their direction and to back down from me wanting or desiring um, certain certain things for them other than what I wanted to teach them. I was very focused on um, what I what I wanted to pass on to them. And I think the biggest thing that I wanted them, to, to know and be aware of is um, our gift of agency and what that really means. And that it's not only the right and the responsibility that, that we have been given to choose for ourselves, but it's the responsibility to understand and respect the agency of others and, um, and how to respond to others' choices, whether they are um, good or bad. Good or bad. Um, and then, how did you? How do you? How did you teach your boys well, that? Like, what kinds of conversations did you guys have or experiences? Like, well, early on, it was my my goal was to help them to know that just because someone else treats you badly does not give you the right to respond in, in like manner. Um, they, I wanted them to choose the higher road and to know that they will never regret that choice. Uh, if somebody Ooh, hits that. them at school, they don't, they don't hit back. They walk away. If someone taunts them or teases them or things like that, they don't have to engage in that. They, they can just, it, it's it's not weakness to, to walk something away. Else. Yeah. I love that. What you said though, that it's you, you won't regret it, you know? Cause yeah. When you choose to control yourself and walk away or choose a higher road, you'd never regret that choice. No. But if you get into a fight with your buddy, you might, you likely regret that. Well, it's because then you're both at fault. Right. You, right. You have, it, it takes two. In, in those situations. And if, uh, if the one starts it and the other one doesn't enter in, then there's nothing. <laughs> it, it dies nothing. on the vine. <laughs> so that was really important. And with boys and, and um, the, the flow of energy and sometimes anger and frustration that can, that, that can get out of hand. And so I wanted to help them to, to know how to control that. 
Um, but agency also helps us to um, learn to respect diversity and to um, be open to, to things and to allow others to have the same opportunity to choose their own path. Um, yeah. And then it was also very important for me to have them to learn to see people as our, our Savior Jesus Christ sees them, to, to love, to have compassion, and to be kind. And, and again, choosing that road, um, choosing to foster those characteristics, they will never regret that. Yeah. So what kinds of things did you do for that? Like, do you, can you think of a time where you had an opportunity to teach that or it was just kind of a, always that was just the kind of the central focus it, in your it home? It was kind of the central focus. I was trying to think of, of some examples and I'm sure if I asked my boys, they would come up with one just right away. But I'm, I'm just feeling that that was because that was like a mission statement or, or an internal goal, it was just a focus. So if something came up, so just as a, a rough example, if, uh, if someone was um, saying bad things to them at school or, or things that are something that was hurtful and they would come home and, and feel bad and, and have those um, the, the anxiety and the, uh, you know, just, yeah, the yeah, upsetness. The, yeah, yeah. Having them be upset and things like that. And so we'd sit down and we'd talk about it and then we think, well, what could we do to turn this from a bad situation to a good situation and, um, and see whether we could do something to be kind. Maybe we could pray for this person. Maybe we could, um, first of all, not internalize and not give uh, value to anything that they said, but to maybe understand yeah. maybe they were frustrated. Maybe they had been hurt. And so to, to not just totally take things for face value but to look deeper for yeah what else could this what else could this right. mean what else could be going on with right. them yeah so how successful do you feel like you've been your your boys are grown men so are you seeing the fruits of that labor i am i am just you know you don't want to say proud <laughs> proud but i i'm just very very pleased and i'm blessed to see the choices that they have made in their lives and to see the men that they are becoming and um and the the kind-hearted um sensitive uh and and thoughtful and respectful and fun and energetic they they all they have always been and so um they they have had their share of, of challenges and, and on hard times, but they have, they've been resilient and, uh, and have rebounded very well and are, are just 
they're making their own way. I love that. I love that. Well, I'm sure that a lot of that had to do with the example that you set of being resilient and just moving forward in hard times too. So I think that's awesome. So let's fast forward Mm -hmm. to, um, 2007, Mm -hmm. six or seven. All right. And all of a sudden you're married and you inherited a whole bunch of other adult children. Yes. So, um, so what kinds of things have you done to build relationships with these with these people who are essentially complete strangers, but now are your children. Because the, I think the unique situation in this case is that like we never lived in the same home right. as you. So it's been all um, long distance relationship in building relationship with, um, with your new kids. So, so what are the kinds of things that you have done or that you felt were important in that? Well, f- first of all, Again, I have to credit the individuals that you all are because. Oh, that's very nice. (laughs) um, All of you have just been exceptionally kind, exceptionally loving and respectful and open. And um, it, it made this transition just hugely successful so I give you guys all the credit Um, well I have to say I will just interrupt you there and just say that I have I've been so thankful that you and dad got married just so thankful you are so good for him and I've told you this before but I had been so worried about him growing old alone and I had been praying that he would find someone to be able to get married and spend the rest of his life with. I just didn't want him to be old and alone. I was so worried about it. And he lived so far away and I just was worried. And, and then there you came. And I think I speak for all of my um, biological siblings in saying that we all felt like you were just the answer to prayer and has been so, so fantastic for our dad. So hooray, hooray for answered prayers. Well, thank you. That, that means the world to me. There's just, there is something because see, I have been a child of, with step parents. Um, I, my parents divorced when I was 13. And then, so I knew I was like to live with a, a a stepfather. And, um, and then watching uh, my marriage fail and, uh, and then being single and thinking, oh, look, how would it be to, to go into another relationship? Um, that's probably one of the most challenging things I've, I have maneuvered is whether I thought I would probably be single the rest of my life. And so yeah. it was a very much a, a fairy tale for us to uh, start a relationship and then decide that we wanted to to make it an eternal one and keep going and, and to, to bring everybody together. And, um, and, and so I, I think the anxiety over just making sure that our relationship was going to work, uh, kept me from overthinking or, uh, being anxious about bringing, um, new children into the relationship 
and it just seems so natural. I don't know. It just seems like this was, um, it, it was just it was, right. It was yeah. just right. Mm -hmm. And, and again, you all have been so um, open and, and, and loving and caring that uh, how could, how could we not be successful? But I think I love the fact that even though we as all nine children may not have these super great relationships or very, very close, um, we as a couple, I feel have really super relationships with each of you. So Yeah, and I think that's so, yeah. so that yeah. that I think was the goal was not to try to to make us a Brady Bunch family where we were all together and we would do all things and get um, family events. And well, and I think that would have been, that's an unrealistic expectation. I yeah. think when you have, when you have adults, you know, you're dealing with adults. It's not realistic to think that all of a sudden people who have their own homes and live in different places in the country are going to suddenly have these deep personal relationships with their, um, stepbrothers and sisters that they have uh, because you never right. see them right like right and so I I do I do think that um, your expectations of just being like or your plan just like as long as me and dad are good in our relationship I and my husband are good in our relationship that then and we make sure we have a good relationship with each of our children then it all just kind of moves out smoothly and I think that's that's really awesome yeah I th I, th I think if you try to to put other expectations or other uh, paradigms into that, you will, uh, you will find yourself struggling because yeah, you just need to take people where they are and, and make it an individual focus. And, and so that's what I did. And I hope, I hope it works. <laughs> Well, I think, well, I think it is working. I think it is. I think it was great too. Like you guys would, um, you guys do family dinner on Sunday. So whoever lives close to you can come over for dinner on Sunday and everybody gets together. And I, I know my brothers have a closer relationship with your sons than I do. And yet, you know, it was your birthday last week or two weeks ago. And I called up your oldest son, Jeremy, and we hatched a plan to include all the siblings in a gift for you. Yes. So and that's, I'm, I, I think that's really cool that we can do that. I think that's a wonderful thing that we know each other well enough that we can be like, okay, we can reach out. Um, but there was no forced family fun, you know? Yeah. So I think that's key. And then um, I do know that you guys make a very large effort. And I think a lot of it is on your part. I think maybe because you're the mom and the woman to really reach out and spend time with each mm -hmm. child and you know I think and I think that's super important because um it would be easy it would be easy for you as the mom to only focus on your own sons and then let your husband worry about his relationship with his kids but I feel like you've made a very strong effort to make sure you connect with um me and my siblings and make sure that you guys come and visit us also because it would be easy to not do that, especially because I feel like in terms of the family relationship, a lot of times the mom is the one who, you know, is in charge of the social calendar and the trips and who, what family we're visiting. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. that is true. I will give myself 
credit for that. I Good, I hope so. I am the instigator. Um, your dad is very much a homebody. And so I'll say, hey, it's time to go visit. Well, why? <laughs> Didn't we just see yeah. them last year? Yeah. <laughs> but but that is, it is important. I mean, if we don't spend or take the time, uh, the that's how we communicate how we value people is, 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 how, it's is time. time. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and like you said, that's really what made it so that your teenage boys were able to talk to you too, is you were willing to take the time that it took to sit and visit and to wait till they were ready to tell you all their, all their thoughts. And it does take time. So I think that's really, that's a really good takeaway. Um, all right. So one last question I have for you is what kind of encouragement could you give to a mom who is single with um, teenager, teenagers, boys or girls that just finds herself in a situation where she is having to be the mom and the provider and the chauffeur and the encourager all in one? What kind of encouragement could you give her? Well, I, I, two things. The, and the first and foremost is that uh, I would not have been successful at all without my, my trust and my faith in, in uh, my Savior and also the, um, the, the faith and the teachings that I have um, chosen to follow in my life. Um, they, they were a stronghold and they helped me, um, through the, the really, really tough times. And so that uh, was, that was a huge first. The second is to, um, as to surround yourself with a good support group, um, a good support group, meaning, um, take time to build friendships for yourself and then watch for situations where it will be helpful for um, people in th that could be an influence in, in the, the lives of your children. Uh, for instance. Yes. You don't have to do it right, all by yourself. So that you are not yeah. uh, just an Island out by yourself. The, I, I mean, our church activities, um, uh, school activities, uh, watch for people that would be good mentors. Um, we often don't think about that, but we can choose who we surround ourselves with. Um, and, and who we surround our children yeah, with. And, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was extremely blessed with uh, great uh, role models and, and mentors for my, for my children. Uh, and they, uh, that, that taught them great lessons and, and um, supported the things that I wanted them to learn. Um, and so. Yeah, because then it doesn't just become, this is what mom right. wants. It becomes I know all these people and this is how they live too. And they're happy and this works for them. Maybe, maybe mom knows yeah, what she's talking I know. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's possible. Maybe, just maybe. She's a little crazy. Yeah, I love that. She can, she can do the right good things once in a while. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, as teenage boys think, <laughs> maybe mom knows. So, okay, I lied. I'm going to ask you one more okay. question. What are the kinds of things that you do to just, um, to take care of you? What are the things that make it so that you can be the kind of mom you want to be? Cause even now, like I, I know that you do a lot of mothering. You are, you live in the same town as my brothers and are very active in their lives. And at, at moment's notice, I can call you and you will come and take care of my children if I need to go out of town and such, or just come visit. So what are the things that you do that make it so that you have the energy and the and all the strength that you need to be who you want to be? Well, part of it is to, um, to embrace the fact that when we sacrifice our time for others, that isn't that we're losing out. It's that what that time then means is that we're making our relationship sacred. It's, it's it's not that oh i'm giving this up it's oh i am i am building this up i am oh i love that perspective um and and that that helps because we are self-sacrificing all the time and if we see that as a drain then we're depleted um and I don't think there is an amount of things that we could do for ourselves that would fully pull us back up. But when we are thinking that what we're doing is, is uh, rejuvenating us, or it's, I, I just love the fact that we're making this sacred. This is important. And I like um, that. And, and then I will do the what Jody wants to do things that will help. I just love being outdoors. There is just an energy flow that comes into me when I can do that. So I would get up in the morning and, and go play nine holes of golf and often just be the only person on the golf course. <laughs> and it just How awesome is that? so open and so freeing. And even though golf can be frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just uh, a way to rejuvenate. I love to go ride my bike or things like that. But everybody can pick their own favorite things that will help to make them feel sacred and, and blessed and, and uplifted. Um, some people love to read. It just it That's back to the agency thing. We get to choose our path and when we choose that and when we um, embrace those choices I think that's what um, is a huge way of helping to that just feeds us then right I love that I love that thank you for sharing your wisdom and insight and love today on the on the show I have just really loved our conversation as I always do so thanks for joining me on the Epic Mom podcast, Jody. Well, thank you, Carol. And thanks for being who you are. 
didn't you just love that conversation that I had? Jody is more than just a mom to me. She is a mentor and I just super want to be like her when I grow up. I love the perspective that she has that sacrifice is a gift. When we are serving other people, then it becomes a gift and it's not something we're actually giving up. And I just love that perspective. So think about today how you could give that gift of sacrifice and service to someone you love and make it an epic day. Hi friends, I hope you're enjoying the Epic Mom podcast as much as I'm enjoying making the episodes. Each woman that I have interviewed has been so inspiring to me and I hope she has been to you. If you know of an Epic Mom that you'd like to see on the show, drop me a line and give me her contact information or ask her to reach out to me. I would love to meet more Epic Moms. You can reach me at messaging through the podcast or at walker.carol at gmail.com. Make it an epic day. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of the Epic Mom Podcast. Tune in next week when I visit with my friend Stephanie Merling. She is a woman of faith and courage and talks about her journey of helping her son fight cancer. It's an episode you won't want to miss.